Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French, and today is a glorious day as we celebrate Easter Sunday in the radiant light of Christ's resurrection. Today, our homily is called Embrace the Gospel Fearlessly, and although there's a couple of options, we're going to read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Let's begin. After the Sabbath and towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala and the other Mary went to visit the sepulchre. And all at once there was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His face was like lightning, his robe white as snow. The guards were so shaken, so frightened of him, that they were like dead men. But the angel spoke and said to the women, There is no need for you to be afraid. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said he would. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is now going before you to Galilee. It is there that you will see him. Now I have told you. Filled with awe and great joy, the women came quickly away from the tomb and ran to tell the disciples. And there coming to meet them was Jesus. Greetings, he said. And the women came up to him and falling down before him clasped his feet. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers that they must leave for Galilee. They will see me there. The Gospel of the Lord. On this joyful and blessed Easter morning, we've come together here as a family and as a community of believers to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. This single historical event is the cornerstone upon which the entire Christian faith is founded. The resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday is the ultimate source of our joy, our hope, and as I will soon discuss, our eternal salvation. But I recognize for many of us out there, at different times in our lives, the reality of this truth can feel like a million miles away. We might come to the church and even participate in the Mass, even on Easter Day, and still feel like we're a Christian imposter, like our faith isn't genuine compared to the person next to us. And there can be all sorts of reasons for these doubts, and they can be legitimate. Maybe we're generally distracted in life, so focused on chasing financial and professional success that we simply have no time for God, so our faith seems disconnected from quote-unquote reality. Maybe there's some serious sin in our lives, some seemingly unbreakable habits, so we push God back intentionally behind a wall of either our own denial or our shame. Maybe for some of you out there, you're actually growing in faith, and God is allowing you to experience spiritual dryness to call you into greater trust. Now, whatever the case may be in your life, the solution to your uncertainty remains the same. Embrace the gospel fearlessly. Now, I wasn't 100% sure how I should approach today's homily. Special occasions like this, especially Easter, often tempt me to go in a thousand different directions. I could focus on the historical evidence of the resurrection like I did last year, or I could delve into the hidden meaning of ancient biblical words, or emphasize a very particular moral message like the importance of sacramental confession, or the necessity of honoring God at Mass every Sunday, not just Easter. And while I wish I could do all of these things in one, I thought that this year, with so many people returning to Mass for the first time since COVID, it would be best to go back to the basics, to summarize the message of the whole gospel into a couple of key points. Not only so that we can all better appreciate what it is that we're actually celebrating today, but so that we can leave the church today 
ready to share the gospel with others, without fear, without shame, but instead with a spirit of confidence and with joy. Today, I want to talk to you about the kerygma. It's an unusual word that sounds a bit like a funky yogurt brand, but it's actually just a Greek word meaning proclamation, or more specifically, the proclamation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The kerygma is kind of like Christianity if you had to fit everything onto a single page. That's why I like it, and that's why I want to share it with you today on the holiest day of the year. So here we go, our Christian faith in four dot points. Number one, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Number two, sin disrupts God's plan and leads to misery and death. Number three, Jesus died and rose from the dead to save you from both sin and death. And number four, change your life now and believe in the good news of God's saving love. That's it. Four dot points, but there is nothing in the universe more profound or life-giving. So point number one, God loves you and has a plan for your life. See, God's love is unlike anything else we can experience in this world. See, God doesn't love you based on your appearance or success or intelligence or strength or accomplishment. There might be others who love you for those things, but not God. God loves you because he created you and he made you in his image with infinite dignity. God loves you because your soul belongs to him, and he made your soul for joy and eternal friendship with him in heaven. When God loved you into existence, he made you for greatness with a particular purpose in mind. He bestowed upon you a vocation, a mission in this world, and an eternal destiny with him. So why is knowing God's love so important? It's important because the next time you are tempted to hate the person you see in the mirror or drag yourself through the mud or wish you were someone else, remember this. God knew, loved, and awaited you before the dawn of time. Jesus saw you and loved you in his passion. The Holy Spirit loves you so much he wants to make his home in your heart. God loves you and has a plan for your life life. Point number two, sin gets in the way of that plan and leads to darkness. Now, I don't want to get bogged down here in listing out the Ten Commandments or the seven deadly sins. I'm sure you've heard those things talked about before. I want to speak more generally. Sin, properly understood, is not merely breaking a moral code that's being imposed on us. Rather, sin is a wound in our intimate relationship with God. In that sense, sin is when we choose to deliberately act against the love and the goodness of God, our Creator, which, of course, inevitably results in leading us away from His divine plan and towards spiritual darkness and even death. St. John Paul II famously said, True freedom consists not in doing whatever we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. See, the God-given gift of our free will can act like a double-edged sword. Because it means we can either choose God's love and life-giving plan for our life, or we can turn away from it. When we choose sin, we reject the divine love and plan that God has given us. We exchange joy and eternal friendship with God for empty pleasures that promise us the world 
and they never fulfill. Sin disrupts God's plan and it leads to misery and death. Point number three, Jesus died and rose from the dead to save you from sin and death. Now this, brothers and sisters, is the central claim of our faith. It is the entire reason that we're gathered in the church today on Easter Sunday. You've probably seen that verse tattooed on the bodies of sportsmen or held up on signs by fans in the crowds at sporting events, that famous verse, John 3.16. And it's referring to that passage, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In other words, according to divine justice, the punishment for sin, that is the willful rejection of the creator who gave us life, is death. If we reject God in sin, we are rejecting the very gift of life that he has given to us. But because God never stops loving us, despite our rejection of him, he sent his son into the world, becoming human like us. And though Jesus was perfect and sinless in every way, he didn't deserve death, and he never rejected the will of the Father. He took upon himself the weight and the punishment of our sins, the free choices that we've made against God, and he died on our behalf. Only when we recognize that Jesus' death on the cross was the substitute and the atonement for your sins and mine, those sins that we still struggle with every day, only then will we begin to understand the immensity of God's love for us. And here's the best part. On the third day, by rising from the dead as we read in today's gospel and we celebrate this Easter, Jesus fundamentally transformed the nature of death from a punishment for sin into the doorway to eternal life for those who place their faith in him. That, my friends, is the good news of the gospel. The fourth point is simple, but it's not easy. And it flows logically from the others, and that is repent and believe in the good news. The gospel has no power in this world if it remains as words on a page. To truly live the gospel, we must each make a conscious decision in our life to turn away from sin and embrace God's love and his individual plan for our lives. This means seeking forgiveness, especially in the sacrament of confession, accepting God's grace in our life, and striving to live in accordance with his will as revealed to us through his teachings in the church. The Christian life requires of us commitment. It requires humility and perseverance. But I promise you, as you grow in your relationship with God, your heart will be filled with a love that surpasses any promise or pleasure that the world has to offer. So if we recap those things, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Sin disrupts God's plan and it leads us to misery and death. Jesus died and rose from the dead to save you from sin and death. And he wants you to change your life now and believe in the gospel of God's saving love. So today I've covered the first four points of the Kerygma. Usually, however, there are three more. That's seven in total. So to find out what those others are and to better remember the ones that I've already spoken about today, I've provided down below this podcast a link to a one-page A4 sheet of the whole Kerygma. And I encourage you today to reflect on these truths of our Christian faith, but to most importantly, share them with others. Let this Easter be a time of spiritual renewal and growth, not only for you as an individual, but also for everyone you come in contact with. 
So let us not be afraid to embrace the gospel fearlessly today. To live life with the conviction that God loves you and has a plan for your life. That sin is a deadly and toxic thing that will only lead to misery. That Jesus has conquered that sin and death through his resurrection. And he has opened for you the door to everlasting life with God. Let us rejoice today knowing that Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to spread this gospel message, please share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit. God bless you all and have a happy Easter.